In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you have a favorite gift that you've ever received? Maybe it was a book that changed your perspective on life. Perhaps something you use often in one of your hobbies. Or maybe it's one of those things that has more of a sentimental value than it does monetary. Well, this morning, using St. Paul's words in Romans, I want to contemplate the greatest gift that God has given us. Love. And the word that the church uses to talk about this gift is grace. That's what grace means. Grace is a gift. Now, the absolute best gifts all have three components. First, they give us something that left to our own devices we could not acquire. I think about when I was a child. One Christmas, I was gifted a Nintendo. Now, on my own, I had neither the funds nor the ability to drive myself to the store and purchase one. Secondly, the best gifts are unearned. If my parents had told me, tell you what, you mow the lawn all summer and then we'll buy you a Nintendo, that would not have reduced the number of hours I spent playing Mario Brothers, but it would have no longer been a gift. It would have been something that I had earned. And third, a good gift is something that you can use. We might say that a gift becomes perfected when it is used. Think about someone giving you a coffee mug. Well, if it goes to the back of the cabinet and never holds a single drop of coffee, then it never lived up to its potential as a gift. So a good gift is freely given, meets a real need, and is something that otherwise we had no access to. Well, friends, this is precisely what we have in the gracious love of God. And this is all summed up in verse 8 of the fifth chapter of Romans. God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's it. That's the gospel. That is Christianity. Sure, if we took a survey of the most well-known Bible passages, I'm sure the most common answer would either be Psalm 23, 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want, or John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that those who believe in him may not perish but may have eternal life. And those are both great passages. But even more than Psalm 23 or John 3, Romans 5, is the summation of our faith. God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you want the theological definition of grace, that's it. And it has all three of those aspects of a perfect gift. St. Paul makes it clear that this love of God, which is at the foundation of all things, is demonstrated while we are still sinners. Elsewhere in the reading, he used the word weak and ungodly. In other words, we were powerless, helpless, without the ability to be reconciled to God. Sin makes us curved in on ourselves, unable to stand upright and see straight. 
And there is no program, no set of rules, no self-help manual that was ever going to fix that. Our mistakes, our imperfections, our ignorances mean that if we are left to our own devices, we will always be out of alignment with God's perfect love. But it is exactly in this hamstrung state that Christ died for us. The gift of God's salvation is something that because of our fallen and mortal nature, we could never get on our own. It had to be gifted to us. And that is precisely what God does in Jesus Christ. He gave us the peace that passes all understanding and all striving. And it's the perfect gift because there's no price tag that goes along with it. Before any of us were born, before we were baptized, before and regardless of any good things that we have ever done, any award that we've ever been given, any donation that we've ever made, God had already chosen to love us in Jesus Christ. It was not after we asked for help. It was not after we confessed our guilt. It was not after we made a down payment on our faith. No, it was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. The gift of God's love is perfect because it is given without any regard as to whether or not we have earned it. And that is good news because none of us deserve it. And when I say it, that none of us have earned it, we really have to remember what the it is that we're talking about. We're talking about the cross. This love is proven for us in Jesus' death. As we heard in the reading, Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. Some of us, if we were at our best and most courageous, would lay down our lives for a spouse, a child, a grandchild, perhaps a friend. We see this in the courage of soldiers, in the service of firefighters. And these things make sense. Because of our familial ties or our friendships, we will suffer, perhaps even die. For an idea, for a nation, or in the name of duty, we will make a sacrifice. But who dies for their enemies? And I don't mean a rival, someone that you have trouble with, someone that you can't get along with or don't like. The word that St. Paul uses, it really does mean an enemy. It would be like running towards the combatant wearing the explosive vest, not to save any innocent people that are around them, but rather to save them. And that is what the love of God does. Jesus did not come primarily to give us an example or to teach us a lesson or to establish an institution. No, Jesus came to prove God's love, regardless of the cost, by going into the depths of human sin, experiencing the worst of our betrayal and pain, and dying excruciatingly on the cross. Though the gift of salvation is free, it is not without cost. It cost God everything that it means to be God when Jesus was left beaten and lifeless on a cross. And that's why it's grace. There is nothing that we, who are so small and finite, could ever do to deserve the death of the one who created all things. 
Grace is freely given because God so loves us, and perfect love has no limit. The final aspect of grace being a perfect gift is that it is something we need and something that we can use. When we reflect on our lives and all the shouldas, wouldas, and couldas start to creep in, grace is a balm for our anxious souls. Sure, we all could have made different choices along the way. We could have done this instead of that. We could have apologized sooner. We could have had different priorities in life. But none of those things would have made God love us anymore. We would all still be sinners for whom Christ died. The grace of God is that there is nothing on our to-do list because it has all been done by God. And that's what makes the gospel such good news. As Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. The gift of grace does not give us more to do. It assures us that all has been done. The grace that we are given is given freely, and that frees us to enjoy the abundant and eternal life we have in Christ. There's a church up in New York that has a slogan on their church sign out front that says, enjoy your forgiveness. What a different way of viewing faith and life. It's something to enjoy, not as something to get through or win. But how much of our lives are spent worrying about and pursuing things that we know in the end don't really matter and do not lead to joy or love? How many insecurities do we carry around with us by always trying to measure up against someone else? As this verse reminds us, we are all sinners. It's not a contest. We are all equally guilty and all equally redeemed. So we can stop competing with one another. Instead, we've been reconciled to God and by extension, one another. God has made friends out of enemies. Meaning that instead of fighting enemies in our neighbors or ourselves, we can see each other as friends of God. And so upon reflection, if we notice that we are out of alignment with God's grace by still trying to prove ourselves to the world or to ourselves, if we have not been enjoying the gift of life, we can recall the words of a blessing that perhaps you have heard. Life is short and we do not have much time to gladden the hearts of those who walk with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. Now, without the grace of God, that would be a command, one that could induce a lot of game, shame and guilt when we are not as kind as maybe we could be. But in light of God's love for us, it becomes the freedom to focus on the one thing that truly matters and the one thing that truly endures, love. This is the gift of grace, knowing that we are loved and being free to enjoy that love by sharing it and using it. Because love, unlike every other resource, is unlimited. Spend it all you like and love never runs out. And that's why the gift of salvation is often called eternal life because there is no limit on love. It's a gift that we can use and never run out of it.
And this gift of love, that's what allows us as Christians to be different in this world, to live fearlessly and fully in the light of Christ. Our hope is, of course, expressed, as St. Paul puts it in chapter 8 of Romans, that he is convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else, in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the reason why St. Paul is so confident of that and why we can be so unshakable in our faith is that it is secured by the love of God that was proven that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not our sins, not our doubts, not our mistakes, not other people's opinions of us, nothing. Well, then we can be quick to forgive and bold to pursue love in community, which is called justice. And we can be generous because we know that we have been gifted all that we truly need. God's gracious love enables us to receive all that God desires and intends for us. God's gracious love is the perfect gift. We need it. We cannot get it on our own, and we don't have to pay for it. So add Romans 5, 8 to those lists of passages that you have memorized. For it is the gospel in one verse. God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us.